Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. In the previous episode, uh, we discussed chapter two, which was titled Desire. In this episode, we discussed chapter three, which is titled Faith. Visualizations of and belief in attainment of desire, which Hill describes as the second step towards riches. In this chapter, he details specific plans and specific points, how we can build a plan in order to inculcate faith into our desires, in which both faith and desire play an important part in the path to riches, wealth, uh, and money. And we are introduced to several important characters that had a great impression on Hill's life, including Abraham Lincoln, Mahatma Gandhi, Charles Schwab, JP Morgan, and of course his mentor, Andrew Carnegie. He opens by saying, when faith is blended with the vibration of thought, the subconscious mind instantly picks up the vibration, translates it into its spiritual equivalent and transmits it to infinite intelligence as in the case of prayer. Again, it's a process. The three emotions that he describes as both important, being important for um, the physical as well as the mental being are faith, love, and sex. He says are the most powerful of all the major positive emotions. When they are blended, they have the effect of coloring the vibrations of thought in such a way that it instantly reaches the subconscious mind. Now, how can one develop faith? He says faith is a state of mind which may be induced or created by affirmations or repeated instructions to the subconscious mind through principle of auto-suggestion. Now, auto-suggestion is an important theme of this chapter and a theme of the next as well. Um, now, how can one develop it? The method which one develops faith, he says, where it does not already exist, is extremely difficult to describe, almost as difficult, in fact, as it would be to describe the color of red to a blind man who has never, ever seen the color. But one way to do it is through repetition. Repetition of affirmations of orders to your subconscious mind is the only known method of voluntary development of emotion. Now, he uses the, he uses the example of men who do not, um, are not taken to crime immediately, but then circumstance for, circumstances forces them to repeat crime and eventually they grow uh, numb to it to a point where they see nothing wrong with committing crime. He says, when man first comes into contact with crime, they abhor it. If they remain in contact with crime for a time, they become accustomed to it and endure it. If they remain in contact with it long enough, they finally embrace it and become influenced by it. This is the equivalent of saying that any impulse of thought which is repeatedly passed on is a conscious mind. It's finally accepted and acted upon. The emotions of faith and love, when mixed with any thought of impulse, give it greater action than any of these emotions can do singly. Now, from this statement, you will understand that the subconscious mind will translate into physical equivalent, a thought impulse of a negative or destructive manner just as easily as it will act upon thought impulses of a positive, uh, of, of, of a positive impulse. And this is easy for you, uh, this is easy for people to, uh, to grow wary or to grow distrustful of, of misfortunes and bad luck. And, and if this happens often enough, you will sort of curse it and say, oh, this is just my bad luck, or this is just my misfortune. 
those people, he says, they are the creators of their own misfortunes because of this negative belief, which is picked up by the subconscious mind and translated into its physical equivalent. It always starts by the character that you impart into the thought, whether it's positive or negative, that will get imprinted on your subconscious and will eventually flow to your physical. As I read this, an important quote that comes to my mind is uh, a quote by Samuel Goldwyn, a film producer in, in, in the 20th century, who says that the harder I work, the luckier I get. It's all about the hard work in terms of what you want your luck to be. Create your own luck, as they say. There is nothing to hinder from deceiving your subconscious mind, giving it instructions through auto-suggestions. Therefore, whatever you think cannot be hidden away from what you eventually believe and eventually implement. The subconscious mind, says Hill, will transmute into its physical equivalent by the most direct and practical media available. Any order which is given to it in the state of belief or faith that the order will be carried out. Faith with any order given to subconscious mind will be carried out. And another important lesson that Hill tells us is in the context of repetition, is repetition will eventually lead to perfection. Perfection will come through practice, which is a form of repetition. It cannot come by merely reading instructions. So whatever you are practicing, whatever you are repeating over and over and over again, you have to do it practically. You can't simply read the instructions. It is impossible for you to read lessons on how to drive and then eventually learn how to drive. It is impossible for you to um, learn how to swim without getting into the swimming pool. It's impossible for you to simply read about a particular subject without actually taking it in your hands, putting yourself in those positions and, and failing at the start and eventually succeeding through repetition. If it be true that one may become a criminal by association with crime, it is equally true that one may develop faith by voluntarily, suge voluntarily suggesting to the subconscious mind that one has faith. The mind comes finally to take on the nature of the influences which dominate it. Faith is a state of mind which may be induced by auto-suggestion and he lays out a few principles of faith itself. He says faith is the eternal elixir which gives life, power and action to the impulse of thought. Faith is the starting point of all accumulation of riches. Faith is the only known antidote for failure. Faith is the only agency through which the cosmic force of infinite intelligence can be harnessed and used by man. And note here, faith here is not tied to any religion, even though uh, he has spoken about uh, Christianity in, 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 uh, in the book. It's just the faith that you have in, in yourselves in order to get to the, to the riches. And I do like to admit at this point that this is slowly turning uh, away from a a book on financial literacy into a book on, on self-help, but these points are important nonetheless, and it does set you on the path to riches um, if, you do, if you do have faith and desire and, and have that repetition over and over and over again. Everyone is the every one of the foregoing statements is capable of proof, he says. It is a well-known fact that one comes finally to believe whatever he repeats to himself. We are what we are because of the vibrations of thought which we pick up and register. 
Um, this is similar to, to, to the René Descartes uh, quote, which says, I think, therefore I am. Therefore, you need to think of what you are and, the, and you will become that, right? If you have not just positive, but ambitious thoughts, something or the other will, 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 will push you in order to achieve those ambitions. He says, resolve to throw off the influences of any unfortunate environment and to build your own life to order. Order here is written in caps. Again, uh, if I could uh, relate this to another piece of reading um, that, 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 that I have come across in the past is, is reading of um, Jordan Peterson, the Canadian clinical psychologist, philosopher, whatever you would like to call him. One of the first principles he describes in his book, uh, 12 Rules for Life, An Antidote to Chaos, is you have to create order in your life at a micro level. The way you can do that is by cleaning your room, setting your life in order, standing straight with your back straight, I think. Um, and that's how you can create order in life. It, it, it isn't going into these high and mighty things by changing extraordinary events like politics and religion and culture. It is those simple things that you start off with in your everyday life. The first example he gives is being confident uh, by cleaning up your room, setting your life in order, which is very similar to the, the, the philosophy of Napoleon Hill written almost um, a century prior. The application of this principle may be made through a simple arrangement of positive thought impulses stated in writing, memorized and repeated until they become a part of the working equipment of the subconscious mind. A formula, a six point, sorry, a five point formula, which he describes is first, repeat to yourself, I demand of myself persistent continuous actions towards its attainment. And I here and now promise to render such action. I will concentrate my thoughts for 30 minutes daily upon the task of thinking of the person I intend to become thereby creating in my mind a clear mental picture of that person. I will devote 10 minutes daily to demanding of myself the development of self-confidence. I have clearly written down a description of my definite chief aim, and I will never stop trying until I, I shall have developed sufficient self-confidence for its attainment. I will succeed, and the way I will succeed is as follows. The fifth point reads, I will succeed by attracting myself to, uh, I will attracting, uh, I will succeed by attracting to myself the forces I wish to use and the cooperation of other people. I will induce the others to serve me because of my willingness to serve others. Another important example of collaborative advantage rather than competitive advantage, a, a, a repeated point in which, which we've seen not just in this book, but in the previous book, uh, The Richest Man in Babylon by, by Samuel Klassen. I will eliminate hatred, envy, jealousy, selfishness by developing love for all humanity because I know that a negative attitude toward others can never bring me success. I will cause others to believe in myself because I believe in them and in self. On this formula, I will sign my name, commit to memory and repeat it aloud. It works for the glory and the success of mankind if it is used constructively. He says about this formula. On the other hand, if used destructively, it will destroy. It will destroy just as readily. 
all impulses of thought have a tendency to clothe themselves in their physical equivalent. You choose your own path, he says. That. You can write down this formula positively, negatively. You can repeat it to yourself over and over again or not. You can choose to imprint this in your subconscious. You can choose to imprint this into your physical equivalent being and continue on the path. But if you, if you don't, that's up to you. And, um, and, and the path that you can, that you, the path that you can get on is the path that you choose for yourself. In the law of auto-suggestion, he says the law will lift you up or pull you down according to the way you set your sails of thought. And, and in order to emphasize this, he puts an excerpt from a, from a poem by uh, Walter D. Wintle, which is, is, is just something that, as I read it, I sort of repeated to myself over and over again, not just because uh, of its of its uh, of its um, relation to the chapter, but it's also very well written. Um, I'll link to it in in the show notes. But just reading the the last four lines of the uh, paragraph, and I do not want to sort of read the entire thing because I think it's it's best read in one's own mind and in one's own words. Winslow writes, "Life's battles don't always go." the stronger or faster man but sooner or late the man who wins is the man who thinks he, he can name of the poem is the man who thinks he can somewhere in your makeup writes hill the lies sleeping the seed of achievement which if aroused and put into action would carry you to heights such as you may never have hoped to attain now he gives um, uh, he gives the story of abraham lincoln who until 40 was a failure and then achieved a lot specifically because um, love transmuted into faith, love of, of, of for Annie Routledge, the only woman whom he'd ever truly loved. Um, he gives the story of Mahatma Gandhi, who created out of his subconscious an understanding of the principle of faith and through his ability to transplant that faith into the minds of 200 million people, was able to fight a military without violence. He gives also the uh, example of um, Charles Schwab, who was later the founder of uh, the brokerage firm, uh, Charles Schwab by the same name, uh, who was a right-hand man to Andrew Carnegie, the famous American industrialist and uh, a, a, a mentor to Napoleon Hill. Uh, and, and he details the story of uh, through, through a uh, article from the New York Times World Telegram sorry, the New York World Telegram, uh, how Charles Schwab, who was then the right-hand man to um, Andrew Carnegie, convinced Andrew Carnegie to uh, merge his steel company at the time with, uh, very interestingly, uh, a man named John Pierpont Morgan, who was eventually the founder of the investment bank, JP Morgan. Um, Charles Schwab managed to convince Andrew Carnegie, J.P. Morgan, to merge their respective steel companies into uh, U.S. Steel, which was at that time the largest producer of steel in the world, which still has a considerable amount of steel production and uh, is also listed on the New York Stock Exchange. Uh, not, not as big as it was in, 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 the, in the 20th century, but certainly an important company nonetheless. And Charles Schwab was, was instrumental in... Um, in convincing these true industrialists to merge the company, even though he was not very well known. The point that Hill wants to emphasize is how 
Schwab through his faith, through his desire in order to lead despite being not an executive or an owner or a shareholder or a partner in the company um, could manage to convince these two stalwarts to uh, merge their companies into one corporation. And he was so liked by both parties. He was given uh, the position of the, 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 the president or the first president of the company. Uh, of the newly merged U.S. Uh, United States Steel Corporation. Um, and through this, he emphasizes once again the power of thought, the thought that, uh, the thought that Abraham Lincoln had, the thought that Mahatma Gandhi had, and in, the, in an industrial sense, the thought that Charles Schwab had. He said, remember this when you are ready to bargain with life for whatever it is that you ask is your price for having passed this way and he ends Napoleon Hill ends the chapter with the following quote there are no limitations to the mind except those we acknowledge both poverty and riches are the offspring of thought again my friends faith is important no matter what you have it in that's that's up to you uh, but one thing you should have it in at least from the perspective of of uh, gaining riches and wealth um, is faith in yourself. We will try to sort of mold this book into more of a financial literacy book. Um, and in the subsequent chapters, even if uh, his writings aren't to that uh, particular aim, the aim of this podcast in, in a way is, is, is less philosophical and more practical uh, but the points that Hill uh, laid out in, in the self-confidence formula uh, are certainly practical points that we can definitely follow. Um, and hopefully we can look at formulas for the rest of the chapters as well. That's it from this chapter. That's it from me. Thank you for listening. If you have any suggestions or ways I can improve, let me know. That's it for me. I'm out.